Welcome to the Amateur Movie Review Hour. I am Trevor, and with me I have Josh, and I have Megs. Hello. Hello. Before we start this review of the uh, Enemy Mine, I would like to bring up just two things about aliens. So the first one that I want to bring up is is a uh, equation. It's called the Drake Equation, which is just a probabilistic equation that stimulates the thought process of ooh how many civilizations could be out there or are there just an abundant amount of civilizations out there alien civilizations the other um alien life or civilization um thought process that's out there is a paradox called the fermi paradox which is um is about three three points um either there has been intelligent life and we're just not we're we're too young as a species to have ever run into them they may have died out um the next is that maybe we're the first civilization and we haven't built the technology to get out there and find other civilizations that maybe haven't reached where we have or similar the distance is too large yes no. yeah yeah that, that i think that leads into it well what's the one where the catholic church like is holding back all the information because they don't want to lose their money um i think that's just called catholicism okay <laughs> <laughs> um i i don't know about that um maybe the illuminati yeah or is, that have, like, is that tied into the illuminati i'm not i'm that. not I, I'm not that big on the Illuminati stuff. Illuminati is more about like course of history stuff like that. Yes. They're not actually religiously connected at all. No. But yeah, church obviously, you know, like they're, you know, their bread and butter is the money that they get for tidings for the Lord, so. Yes. You know. uh, there there's there's speculation. I don't know if there's proof, so I'm only speculating that they're the, the Catholic Church was particularly in Rome probably has like quite a few very valuable pieces of ancient history like ancient art that they don't reveal to people unless you have you know credentials to go in there and study i'm just speculating this is only things that i've heard secondhand so it's not <laughs> it's not fact but the the fermi paradox is the one that i could most get on board with saying you know here yeah yeah there might be life out there and you know we just haven't ran into any evidence of that whether it's them reaching us us reaching them or busy or them sending out some type of probe that self-replicates and uses resources to build itself and continue to spread throughout the galaxy oh like vigor yeah yeah there's I've, I've i've read a book called spin um that sort of used that premise um it was it was a cool book what is the amateur movie review hour before we began our podcast the three of us curated a list of approximately 100 movie genres we then fed that list to a magical random generator that we used to provide us with the movie genre the three of us take turns choosing movies to watch that fit into the chosen genre we then watch that movie and attempt to return bi-weekly to review and discuss that movie. The only movies that we have banned are Marvel and DC movies from the past 15 years. I am not a professional movie reviewer, 
I just love to watch movies and then review those movies with my friends and you, my fellow screen fiend. The movie we watched to uh, this week or this time was Enemy Mine. It was Megan's pick. The, yeah, the other one, Undercover Blues, yeah. was not available in any which way or form. It's probably because it was such a fantastic and great movie. They're like, you can't have this. Yeah, I probably have it on DVD at home, but yeah. I didn't get around to looking through my vast selection. I think sure. the world, like me, just doesn't want to hear Kathleen's turn her fucking gravelly voice that hey, much. you watch it. She's got gorgeous legs. Mm-hmm. I won't argue that for that time. <laughs> she ain't no Tina. No, nah, she does. <laughs> The writer and director of Enemy Mine was Edward Carmel did the screenplay. Wolfgang Peterson directed it. And the movie was actually based on a novella by Barry B. Longyear. That's a fucking scene. I've never heard one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd say that. I love it. Barry B. Longyear, yeah. Uh, the top billed actors were Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. Now, Peterson wasn't the original director, right? There was a switch on that one? Yes, the Crane, I saw. The yeah. Crane, I think it was. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. Apparently, he name. just went like super over budget, and they're like, nope, we need yeah. to stop. And he's... Yeah, and right. they didn't use any of his filming in, in the final product. They That'd be kind of cool to see. Over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I would have liked to have seen that and see how vast the tone and just how they were going to shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The run or the year was December. Well, it was 1985, December 1985. Uh, the runtime is 108 minutes. I don't think there could have. I think there could have been like maybe 10 minutes, maybe cut out of it. But I don't think. Yeah, I, I like mean, some of the montage stuff. At least the narration montage stuff was like. I like. I, I liked it. I I I I think it could have been cut down a little bit. It was. It was a little bit long. I don't have an idea of where. Where I think I would cut it. As we, as Meg stated earlier, um, this movie was because she, Undercover Blues was not available. Um, so then why this, why this movie? Well, this is a, a great movie from my childhood. I watched it a lot. As a, I, lo- I watched it a lot. It was on, you know, regular rotation on HBO or whatever channel. Probably HBO. And... It kind of summed up that decade, you know? I mean, it was sci-fi. It had that same look. You know, it was kind of ripping off a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And and you had that. that it was a buddy story. It was uh, showing how different people can come along and, and become one and become friendship. And it had all the stuff that you were supposed to have in an 80s film set in outer space. And I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This was my dad's movie. He watched really? this movie all like it was on a lot. I don't know what if he had a fascination with Dennis Quaid or the reptile, you know, like yeah. kind of species. But sure. shout out to John. But um, <laughs> yeah, like he watched the shit out of this movie. I remember like seeing it a lot, and I was and I liked it because it's space and it's aliens, and I'm yeah. a kid, yeah. of course, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, that was yeah. I've seen it quite a few times, and then I haven't seen it in a long time up yeah. until now. So it's been a bit. Yeah, and it was one of those. Oh my gosh, there's Brian James. You know, the late great, and 
but I was a little shocked to see Lance Kerwin of all people. I don't I don't think I realized yeah. he was in that. And then Doctor Olivet from Law and Order fame. Mm. Um, she was the the hot like the random hot chick who was I she was probably in the beginning. I don't I think oh, she they showed the her end. in the beginning and then they showed her at the end. Yeah, she was part of the flight crew. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. and I'm like Doctor Olivet, what are you doing here? You know, in outer space because I didn't I didn't notice her as an actress at all until Law and Order. Um, so the, sometime in the '90s, you know. She she wasn't on my on my radar. It was is it Brian James right? Brian mm-hmm. James. I always I, for whatever reason my mind goes to Jones. But yeah, the, I forgot Blade that Runner, he yeah. yeah I forgot that he was in here and I was like yes yeah. two movies in a row where we get those two guys like uh-huh. from different decades who just play they're just sort of the uh, what yeah. is it typecast yeah they were ty- they were typecast they were the, like this jerky guy who was de- like hey look at me i'm a jerk you know yes. that was brian that was brian james all the time yes you know until he what passed away in the late 90s early 2000s i'm not sure I, i'm let's see 1999 oh 99 okay i remember when they announced it because i was like really i mean what are they gonna do about movies now because you gotta put brian james in a sci-fi movie or else it's not a sci-fi yeah. movie I think he was in pretty much everything that they made back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, I, I I remember him in quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I can't tell you, but I I know because I will never forget that face. Yeah, like never because I've seen him in quite a bit that I'm like, yes, this dude is always great. Like, he- what's a tortoise? <laughs> I don't yeah. even know where that's from. You know yeah. what a turtle is? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Okay, okay, yeah. good. I love that movie. I'm I'm horrible at remembering quotes. I was a little kid, and I'm like, who doesn't know what a tortoise is? Like, I was so annoyed. Sure. As a well, child, his face, you know, he, like, he makes that like butthole mouth uh-huh. yeah. he when he says to. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly how you would describe yeah. that. Yeah. He didn't get to see Y2K. That's, uh, no. that's too bad. That's Tango too bad. and Cash. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a trash makes sense. Movie. But he was great in it. That's a good buddy movie. That yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 with the both of you. I watched this movie multiple times. Multiple times. I thought I had had it on Blu-ray, but apparently I don't. But I know I have it on a hard on a hard drive in in 1080p, but I thought I had it on Blu-ray. But yes, I there were times when I was writing this review that I'm like I don't even need to watch it. I just need the reminder to pause it and then uh-huh, this is what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> And I think as a little kid, because it, you know, it was around the same time as um, la- uh, the last Star Starfighter. Yes. And so you uh-huh. have the same yeah. kind of. Greg and him are yeah, very Greg, similar. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I, the, I, I think Almost even when I was watching same. it, yeah, yes. they're very similar. And I, even when I was watching it, I was like, "Where's this scene?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's from Starfighter." <laughs> wrong movie. Yeah, wrong movie. <laughs> like, I remember this. Oh no, wrong movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're like they both have two specific laughs, Greg and um, and the Drac, and they're mm-hmm. like. Because the drag goes like, and then the Greg was like, <laughs> sure. he did that, which reminds me of my mom. Shout out to Sarah. <laughs> I'm gonna do shout outs today. That's oh, my thing. That's Why cool. yeah. Nice, sweet, yeah. awesome. Shout out to George for December. <laughs> but yeah, this movie is fantastic. I love it. I had not seen well, it in a while. We're gonna rate it later. So just, oh yeah, you know, hold on to them beans, sure, little, little sure. son of a son of a. I'll, I'll hold on to them. <laughs> I'll say this before we get into this movie though. What I what I know I got this from the trivia from IMDb, but 
apparently like the Luis Gaza Jr.'s like voice through the whole thing is just him like holding a bunch of spit in his mouth before he does it. Yeah. It's just a, he's yeah. basically gurgling his own spit. He's like, that's what I did when I was a kid. And I'm like, that's what we all did yeah. when we were kids. He got paid a lot of money yeah. to do it though. He got paid yeah. to do the shit that we were doing all the time when we saw and I didn't know that he was doing that when I saw the movie. I was just doing it because that's what we did. Yeah. We're like, let's sure. see how much spit we can gargle. I, I want to know like the little sack thingies at the edge, like the edge of his mouth. Mm-hmm. I want to know if those were done like off camera, just somebody doing it, or if it oh, was, it was him with his nose, because he doesn't have like the 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 mask or the face the covers costume yeah. covers his nostrils. Yeah, it so maybe there could have yeah. been a way where it went down and like filled, but I don't know. I don't know. You'd I have to watch like the ex- like extended Blu-ray cut or like all the Something. special features on yeah. that to find that stuff out. Yeah. yeah. Well, back in the day and on HBO, remember they used to do behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. if they did one for that show. I don't for know. Because it might not have started until a little bit later. That's what I was, I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna question that and be curious about that as as to yeah how early did HBO yeah. started doing behind the scenes stuff? Yeah, because they were doing that and it's. They did it in the 80s. I would bet they probably did, but it just depended on the movie, most likely. Mm-hmm. Like, had, yeah. like how much traction it got. It was or, getting on HBO you know, specifically. What yeah. names were attached to it, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, before we get into this review. I'm a nail. The movie opens in space. Stars, planets, and other space features scroll by as a voiceover explains that a war between humans and Drax, which are a humanoid reptilian race, is being waged as humans expand and explore the vastness of space. The voiceover continues to explain that the Drax were claiming rights and humans weren't willing to give up without a fight. Four Drax space fighters attack the human space station and human fighters are deployed to respond to the attack. So right there, um, graphically not too bad, honestly, for, for the time, 80s, you know? Um, that's, and that's not like Star Wars, like, you know, miniatures going over stuff or whatever. That was like, that was a, I don't, know, I don't even know the style that we did that with that one. But anyways, like it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It, it, it held up okay, decent. It, I wonder if it was a mix of like, a, a maybe painted and, yeah. and, and, and miniatures. Yeah. Maybe the planets looked, were miniatures. It looked decent and then, though. Yeah. Yeah. The humans and drag ships engage in a dogfight in space. Willis Davidge, played by Dennis Quaid, follows the Drac fighter he damaged to the nearest planet, Fearing 4. The Drac uses, uses an escape pod, causing his fighter ship to crash into Davidge's fighter ship. Davidge's, Davidge crash lands onto the rocky volcanic pi- planet. His co-pilot, Joey, is dead and his ship is destroyed. Now, Joey... They had a joke. Know. They had a joke during the dogfight. He's like, "You go on a date with uh, Susan?" Oh yeah. And he's like, "He's like, oh come on, man." He's like, "We call her the like they called her the white balloon or something." Because yeah. he's like, "She lost some weight. Come on." Yeah. It's like they just went straight into like a fat joke. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Remember, it was 1985. There was no. There were no such. There was not a feelings. thing as women or caring about women's feelings no. in movies. Well, females would be in them, but yeah. Unless they were blessed with assets, they weren't really yeah. responded to or paid to. What? But Sigourney Weaver didn't have assets. She was responded to and paid for. Yes, it's yes. Just, I'm, I'm not. I'm. There, yeah. there are exceptions yeah. to the rule by by far. You can find. What was them, the one from Conan? Uh, what's her name? Oh, oh, Sandal. No. Uh oh. I was thinking. Uh, 
Grace Jones? Yeah. No, not Grace Jones. Sandal was the the Sandal blonde. was the blonde yeah. from the first one. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Davidge spots a smoke column on the horizon. The Drac Escape Pod crash site. There's a travel montage, and the travel montage ends with a Chekhov's alien. So like this alien, there's an alien trap that's got this weird like tendril that comes out of it. Like if you know what an antlion is, it has that similar stylistic to this alien. I thought it was that, but also adding a little bit of maybe like um, the creature in the trash, the trash compactor. Creature. Yeah, yes, you yeah, know, definitely. Just where you see a bit of it, and that's the reveal later kind I of deal. I think that's what I always yeah. thought of when I was a kid yeah. when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I never really drew that, but I can see, I can see that 100%. I had the figure, the, the, the actual little figure of the trash. The little, the trash <laughs> thingy? Yeah. yeah, I had the trash compactor. Oh, it came, nice, with, the, it came nice. with the the little figure of the thing. It was a lot smaller. Did it have the number on the side? I don't know. I don't. Oh, I was like, I don't remember. I used to have that memorized. I, I forget it every five years. Because I had the Death Star, and that the bottom was the trash compactor, and then it came with a little. the The figure was only like a little bit bigger than your thumb. Oh, it sure. wasn't very big. Yeah. Uh, so the ant, the alien ant lion. <laughs> uh, like draws in this uh, alien turtle and eats it and spits out its alien the the alien turtle shell davidge stumbles upon the wreckage of the drac space fighter but his attention is drawn to the location of the drac who is played by lewis gossett jr he finds the drac and tries to kill him with his pistol but loses his footing and gun davidge with his element of surprise gone hides the drac does something with the escape pod and then tries to sleep but the drac is awakened by the sound of thunder and the flashes of lightning so and then Davidge like pulls his knife, which is literally just a steak knife. It's a fucking steak knife. <laughs> I was like, I was like yeah. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if Dennis Quaid was like, you know, my guy needs a knife. I'm gonna just take this steak knife <laughs> and I'm gonna yeah. put it in this pocket with nobody seeing. And then when this happens, I'm just gonna pull it out. It was <laughs> shiny. It was serrated, yeah, but it was sure. a steak knife. There's no way around that. Uh, the Drac dives into the pool of water that he crash landed near. Davidge defi- devises a plan and returns to the crash Drac ship. He gathers some fuel, returns to the crash site, dumps it into the pool of water, utilizing the rain runoff from the storm. Davidge uses a flare to set the fuel alight. The surface of the pool is now engulfed in flames. Davidge seizes his opportunity and raids the Drac escape pod. However, Davidge is thwarted by the Drac. By an anti-theft device was installed on his escape pod. <laughs> no, see, that reminded me of um, RoboCop. Because there was oh, that, yeah. those, those, like, those commercials, those OCP commercials or whatever. Yes. And it was like the, the Thunder Riser in 1900. And you, you try to break in the car and then it turns you to a crisp. So, yeah. There was the there was that one. There was that was the, that was the one that you had like got into it, right? Um, I don't, that I don't remember. Oh, I remember. I think it was in the second one where they had the one that comes out from underneath and grabs the like the the guy by the balls. That sounds about right. The Drac now has Davidge as a prisoner. A brief exchange of names. We now know that this Drac is Jeriba Shigan. She got. Oh, that was, <laughs> it was close. It was close. That was really good. good. Yeah, but Davidge calls him Jerry. During the night, meteorites impact the crash site, and they both make it to a small cave for shelter. Davidge, waking before Jerry, frees his own bonds and steals food from Jerry. What do you think that food was like? In 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 real. 
It's Jello. It was it. Yeah. I thought I always thought it was egg. No, nah, it was Jello. Okay, it was like a weird Jello mold they did around I'm sure Jello it was mold. Supposed to be some sort of animal's egg of some like it just seemed sure. like some like you know some kind of like larva. I don't know. I think it, well, yeah, probably because yeah. he's a lizard. Man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was probably made out of some sort of gelatin to give it that vulgar look. Yeah. What do you think that snake one was when he was like when they first? Like what the like gooey a, snake thing? Yeah, that was probably like something from underwater, like maybe like a leech or something. No, no, I mean no, like, like in real, like actually eating. Yeah, oh, actually eating. Probably a penis. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> I wonder. I, I wonder if it was maybe like a what do they call it? Marzipan, maybe. Oh. And they just threw like a bunch of like I don't know custard. Yeah, or, or something. Threw some slime stuff on it. <laughs> Gelatin loose jello but before he can actually eat any more of his food davidge is caught davidge convinces jerry to move from the current crash site to somewhere safer and jerry agrees davidge does his best to impress upon jerry that they need to build shelter whether they like each other or not and jerry watches as davidge builds when davidge is complete jerry tells him that uh it's shit not solid and the collapse of the shelter amuses jerry Davidge teaches Jerry English, and Jerry tries to teach Davidge Drac. Davidge has a run-in with an alien turtle. Jerry tries to impart some Drac culture to Davidge, but Davidge insults his uh, insults Shizmar, and Jerry insults Mickey Mouse, which amuses Davidge. So I'm a watcher of Futurama, and there is an alien named Kip who marries a, a human named Amy. They're... Um, terms of endearment to one another is there smizmar and i don't know if it came from this but i find it i'm going to say it does because it amuses me well and also the fact that kip gets pregnant at one point yes so that's yes. a direct derivative from this you, fucking movie you, yeah yeah they they go into that a little bit on this new season but yes it was it was pretty much a an homage to uh, Jariba Shigan. Because there, there's so much old pop culture that they use yes. on that show. Oh, yes. Oh, all the time. Davidge goes off to hunt the alien turtle. Davidge finds one, shoots it, follows his kill. However, Davidge did not see the alien trap. The alien antlion tendril latches onto Davidge and proceeds to drag him to the bottom of the conical trap. It seems Davidge is almost done for when Jerry comes to the rescue and saves Davidge. When Davidge is having his wounds dealt with, he has a revelation. The alien turtle shells may withstand meteorite. They did a really good job with the effects. The practical effects, all the practical sets, everything that they did, I found wonderful. I love it. it, it Do you it, think it's someone on a sky train just shooting fucking uh, Roma <laughs> candles at them? That's, a, that's what I picture. Yes. Because it was fireworks. It's Roma yeah. candles. Yeah. Yes. They were just... May they may have just been like taped up above, out of camera, and like sequenced on a certain area. Yes, yeah. I, I'm picturing yeah. the dude though, man. Like, like it's in just, um, like Tropic Thunder, you know, like like <laughs> just someone like that, you know, someone from the south that loves boom booms. Davidge builds a new shelter with the alien turtle shells. They have a bonding moment. Each of them apologizing for insulting their great teachers. Jerry gives Davidge the Talmon, which is a book of teachings from Sh Shizmar, symbolizing the relationship of teacher and pupil. There is a montage of time passing as indicated by the length of Davidge's beard and hair. 
Davidge has. So I want to say that's about a year. So they they do note like the amount of time that he was gone was three years total. Yes. Yeah. yes. So I think this was a year, and then the other stuff was two. Yeah. Roughly yeah. with the child yeah. growing and shit like that. Yep. Yep. Davidge has reoccurring nightmares about missing a rescue party or hearing some type of ship overhead, but he never seems to be able to find it. Davidge has become fluent in, in Drac, and Jerry shows him how Drax expressed their truth. A meteorite shower brings old prejudices out. They survive the meteor shower and each other. Davidge wants to see if he can find help. Jerry does not. They have a tearful parting. There is a montage of Davidge's overland travel. And it ends with him finding out that Furine 4 has been visited by human space miners, scavengers, that use enslaved Drax as, as a labor force. Davidge returns from his ex- explorations to find a pregnant Jerry. Yes, that's right. Drax can reproduce asexually and without a choice, not like humans who can choose to become pregnant. I chose to leave that voiceover part out because I thought that was just a... I know it was to set up. I know it was to set up. Like you, it would, it would, I guess you could say it was Chekhov's statement. Like it was going to come true. You don't use it without it paying off in, in some time. Well, this brings up a question though. It's going to be a little saucy, but, um, is, you think they have a, like any kind of abortion rules on the track world? Like when you're just randomly pregnant, you know, it's like this just happened. No, I think I, that it's an end of life situation. So you don't, it just happens. I don't know. Is it always an end of life, or was it just? I, they the really didn't say. Yeah, I I think it. I think in this particular case, it was not, uh, or it, like it. It was for Jerry. Right. It it was. It's going to be for Jerry. Um, I believe that it's more times than not just as easy, or um, I don't want to say easy. I don't know because I'm, I'm, I'm I don't have a vagina, but it's it's they it's something that they can do and they can do over again because he does explain that like they don't have a choice it just happens mm-hmm. yeah so so it could happen in like it who i don't know maybe, maybe it happened to jerry already before he left to go fight this war i don't i don't know they really don't get into that yeah i, I don't i wasn't sure if it was something like it, you're basically just replaced by the new younger version and it, they grow faster so they need less time with a parent of any you know, like if some are the, and I'm assuming that they would live in a kind of a like a tribal, yeah, it's, like it's a very, tribal it's very situation. Communal. So it would be very yeah. communal. So that the child would just be raised by everybody else around. Yes. you know, and um, so it is kind of like what what was supposed to happen, or what you know, like, or did he just die in childbirth, like some people do? I, I, you know? I, I think I think that was, I think that's the case in in this scenario. Mm-hmm. The one thing that he does say when when he's having the the baby is that something's wrong you know what i mean mm-hmm. is oh. that like is that like something that's happened before I that. Yeah, yeah he said yeah. when he it's almost like my water broke but oh shit something's wrong sure it's like that's not clear amniotic fluid that's yeah. blood yeah on a cold night as a snowstorm carries on outside their alien turtle shelter the ground between davidge and jerry begins to form a sinkhole a snake-like tendril emerges from the shallow sinkhole the alien antlion has returned they escape because Davidge uses his bare hands to scoop coal from the fire inside the shelter into the antlion's mouth. The two stumble through the snowstorm to find shelter. Davidge makes Jerry recite his lineage to keep him focused. They find a cave, and Jerry reveals that he has to stand before the Holy Council on Dracone and recite his lineage. So I got two things here. One of them was Jerry's a reptile. Yes. He would have fallen fucking asleep. 
They oh sure instant instant hibernation, the cold bloodedness like you can't you can't you wouldn't be able to do anything. Well, dinosaurs are warm blooded, but but I do not think that information was available in 1985. I still believe I still believe they uh, the scientific community was operating on uh, dinosaurs as cold blooded. And my other thing was that sure the little. It's all cold outside, and they're getting attacked by the ant lion or whatever. But these weird trees just kept fucking falling for no reason. It was like Stonehenge was exploding. Like it was very strange. Like I just don't get that. It was rare. It was weird. Yeah. I don't even know were they trees or were they just like rock formations? They look like almost petrified trees yeah. or something okay. like, like they that. Didn't okay. Look, yeah. But it was a different planet, so I don't know what their trees are. Supposed oh, to. And, I, and I why why are they able to breathe? I, yeah. I, I like that didn't occur to me until like the end of this movie, but we could get into that whole thing at the end of this. During their stumbling through the snow snowstorm to find shelter, Davidge makes Jerry recite his lineage to keep him focused. They find a cave, and Jerry reveals that he has to stand before the Holy Council on Dracone and recite his lineage in order for his son Zamis to join Drax society. Jerry tells Davidge that he will teach him his lineage, and in return, Jerry will learn Davidge's lineage. The time had finally come for Jerry to give birth to little Zamis. Jerry makes Davidge promise to raise Zamis, take him back to Dracone, and have Zamis recite the Jeriba lineage. A montage of Davidge raising Zamis, and Zamis calls Davidge uncle. So, um... There is, there is a little bit of time from when they cave, when they find the cave and, and they finally give birth to Zammies. And, and this is where we find out, yes, um, something has gone wrong. Uh, uh, Jerry is, like, looking at, at uh, David. He's like, something's wrong. Like, something's not right here. And does, does he dies before? Does Jerry die before? The, like Pulls it apart. Yeah. yeah. He pulls, like, his stomach open. I guess where the, the seam out. would be. I don't know. I don't know. Under, I don't know exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you had a belly button or anything, mother God, but let me just say, that was the ugliest fucking baby you could possibly make, like, a bit, like oh, God. That was vile. And then he was, like, spitting food in its mouth at one point. Yeah, it was yeah, baby birding him. Yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah, that's what Alicia Silverstone yeah, but did then babies. In the montage, they're, like, frolicking everywhere, though. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so having a great like, time. I like the part where he's outside walking on the plains of Iceland and like pointing, but like, look at that volcanic <laughs> feature over there. These like, are all the things I don't know what they're called, but yep. there they are. But this was like the calm before the storm, though. They're just like, sure, yeah. hey guys, yes. look at this, you know? Sure, the you got a little tragedy. Daddy died, you know. You got a good old uncle here hanging out. I'm going to teach yeah. you how to play football, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. with the Houston Oilers. Yeah. I know, I know. I heard that was yeah. like, oh, that's so like. <laughs> yeah, they haven't existed in what This is happened. already, unless yeah. they go back to the Houston Oilers, because this takes place in like 2092, yeah, right? Something like that. The 21st they could century. Go back to so, Houston. so yeah. what this movie is saying in 2090 something, the Houston Oilers are making a comeback. They're, they're coming back. Texans are going away. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, you never know. You never the way know. people have been moving around well, I mean, we'll be on by China by then, so it'll be a completely <laughs> different thing. A noise that Davidge had heard before returns. A large spaceship roars past the cave opening. Davidge goes to investigate. It was what he had feared. The scavengers had returned. Davidge instructs Zamis to never travel in the direction of the setting sun because that's where the scavengers are located. Davidge teaches Zamis football. Zamis becomes curious about seeing another drag and goes against what Davidge had warned him not to do. 
travel in the direction of the setting sun. When Davidge can't find Zamis, he rushes, he rushes to the scavenger mining site. Zamis sees firsthand that the humans are not treating the Drac world or the Drac workforce kindly. A pair of scavengers find Zamis. And this is where you get your, through through the through the hazy smoke emerges two dangerous men coming to s- snap up Zamis. And this is where Brian Jones. Brian and I, James. Brian James. See, I always go to Jones. I'm like Brian James. And I, for a moment, for a moment, was like, is that fucking Stephen Dorff? No. <laughs> like, I know. I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't because I had to go and look and be like, no, it's not. Like, it's not. It's just got to be like the, the lighting and the way he had his eyes. And yeah, like, he did. And he, it, like, he had that kind of that look about him. And I, I know what you're talking about because I. He, and like, he's salt and peppery like, the way Stephen Dorff yeah. has been yes, like since yeah. he's been and two, I didn't probably. Even look. Was he anybody or? Um, he I didn't Kraft. see any other he real really names. Familiar. Oh, you said Scott Craft? Scott Craft, yeah. I called him Frank on accident. But yeah, I, I and even even the uh IMDB didn't really do a good job. It like really yeah, it had them on there, but I couldn't tell you. Oh, um, he moved into writing and, and producing and stuff like mm, that. Mm. Oh, he's kinda ha- he's handsome. No, I know this guy. Sure, I, I that's that I recognize him. I've probably yeah. seen him in a couple other movies, just doesn't click. I, I know I've seen him. If he was in Enemy Mine, I've seen him in other movies. Yeah, he's he did something else. He's he's a he's a decent looking guy. He was weird looking in this though. But Davidge interferes with the scavengers and is able to kill one of them with his homemade uh, bow and arrow. But he gets shot by Stubbs, who's played by the always great Brian James. Stubbs abducts Zammies, and Davidge is left for dead at the bottom of a steep ravine surrounded by magma pits. Spotlights from above find find. An unmoving body, or the unmoving body, of Davidge. Back on the human space station, dead bodies are being processed and shot out of an airlock. And this, this is the same space station that he was deployed from. Like, like they make no attempt to yep. say anything different, so you're just, that's the same one. Yeah. But it was also near enough, I'm, I'm like, if it was that close, why, why weren't they just sending rescue parties out all the time? Or was it, did, did they, did the scavenger say, hey, we shot some dude and left him for dead, go pick him up? I don't know. That was I don't the thing, because they were doing that weird scanning thing. They just scanned him, they're like, oh, there's a body, we better pick it up. Yeah. You know, like, there he is. But yeah, I, I was kind of like, why are they suddenly checking this planet for dead bodies when they've been living on this planet for three years and they've mm-hmm. never checked for him? Then again, maybe there, it had something to do with like Lance Kerwin dying, because he was his pod mate or whatever in his ship i think it was his actual no i think it was his brother the one from the very beginning was that supposed to be his brother wait you mean no. joey oh you mean joey no yeah Lance, yeah yeah uh yeah joey joey yeah he was because he died right on you know right yeah yeah, yeah he, he he had a screen time of five minutes yeah th- that's james for james at 15 he was like a huge star he was the biggest like teen star when this movie like right before this movie oh, wow. came out yeah and so they put him in for five minutes, probably to get young girls to go see the movie. Sure, and he sure. just died last year. He, or actually, he died in January of this year. Oh. Um, but I, which was shocking, because he was that he had a very short shelf life as a teen star. But he was the big stuff, like probably when uh, Diane was a girl. Like Ooh. that was probably Ooh. like yeah, yeah. You got James. At, he was James at fifteen, Diane and then he turned sixteen. Up posters. Yeah. Posters of him in a room. Probably, <laughs> because I know that he was a little bit before my time, but. He was James at 15, and then he turned 16, so he became James at 16, and he had this, uh, he was on every poster of of the day, I'm sure, in all the teen beats or whatever they were called. Sure, yeah. Tiger beat. 
Ooh, Tiger I think Beat. Tiger Beat was later, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I, had, I, no I had Tiger Beat. Well, I know Tiger Beat I was did. going around in my day because that's well, that was the hot stuff at the Catholic school. Oh yeah, yeah. I had the Tiger Beat at my Catholic school. <laughs> that's what I was all about. I had Corey Feldman on the cover, and I love that Corey Feldman. <laughs> JTT. I was a little bit too, <laughs> too old for that. <laughs> yeah, you were not me. Yeah, I was. I was. Like, way old for that. One of the processors attempts to steal the Talmon from Davidge's dead body. However, Davidge is not dead. Davidge is expedited to medical care. Can I just say, I yeah. what is with people who think you just rip a, a necklace off by just pulling it off? Do you know how hard that is? To, I mean, like, maybe a nice little dainty one. That was a pretty thick-looking necklace. Yeah. You don't just rip those off. It happens in movies sometimes. But certainly not in real life. And yeah. certainly not when the person's dead and you have to wake them up and they have to become alive. Yeah. I like the, just like the, <laughs> the hand the, just shooting out from yeah. the frame and like yeah. the bottom right frame and just choking yeah. the dude. Yeah. It would have been cooler. Um, That is the one thing that they really didn't do. I think that's what, it, what was this rating? PG-13. PG-13? Was it 13? 13, yeah. Really? Wow. They, 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 oh, wow. They had some that real fast, standards yeah. then for, for PG-13 because there was, maybe it was because of the cussing because they said shit. It may have been of that. And then no, what, there was, the that's what I was just going to get to. The scratch and then there was, the, when he shot him with the arrow, he shot him through the back oh, of the that's head. that's true. And it's poking out. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then there was seven more murders and that normally leads to like a PG-13 at yeah, least. Yeah, that's right. I don't they, remember ever seeing a PG-13 uh, until like Gremlins. I, I, I there was there was a quite a bit of like with Joey when Joey died in the beginning like he was pretty bloody like it wasn't horribly bloody but his nose there was blood coming out of his mouth and, and, and his nose yeah. like well that's just was, like you know like I got in a car accident bloody not like okay I got murdered bloody that's when it's a little different mm. so but at that point though you also have the fact that once again the year twenty ninety two. Sure. They are unable to tell whether or not a man is dead. Yeah. Either. <laughs> like, like that. Oh, just fucking throw him on the roller thing yeah, here, yeah. guys. It's going to yeah. be fine. Like, we're our, our medical I, analysis. We like we could fly through the stars. We could do all that shit. We scan, but, you know, for. They forgot the small... two fingers on the fucking neck thing. The little <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Little mirror under that his nose. Mirror, yeah. They didn't try Something. any of that stuff. They're just None like, oh, it looks stuff. like he's dead, and we don't really have time to I guess do any embalming. He, somebody yeah. shot him. He's got to be dead. Sure. Know, well, with that, with that shot where he was shot, that's a logical assumption. Like, it's an assumption, but it's logical. It's right there in the heart chest area. Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, he's been laying with a, a reptilian, but so he slowed like his a, heart down. It was just a laser. It wasn't like a real now no, he no, denies. No, that was a, no, that was a full-on forty-five that he got oh, he shot, got shot with. with a real bullet. Yeah, I thought it was a laser thing. No, no. it was a the, no. The, the humans had guns. Yep. I, I all the humans they had guns. Like guns, but I thought for some no, reason they were he all was guns. There was like laser. shotguns okay. and yeah, yeah. Only 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 Jerry and the Drax have the Drax the, had the, that the energy pointy, weapon or something. Pointy energy weapon, yeah. Because I, I was kind of trying to think of uh, the gun situation, but I did was kind of get, falling asleep when I was watching the towards the end there. Davidge makes a recovery and attempts to convince old friends to help him rescue Zammies. That's when they call him. They're like, he's a Drax spy. He's yeah. speaking Drax. Yeah. You know, the old colonel guy is always like, is, uh, fucker here. is he a turncoat? Like, yeah, maybe, you know, yeah, he spent too much time with a drac. That's another thing. I got a conspiracy theory there about old Zemmies. That's really his kid. <laughs> yeah. They laid well, with each other. Yeah. Did they we'll, lay we'll with see. each other? 
They well, laid with each other. So instead, after being denied any help, Davidge decides to steal a fighter plane. He blasts he blasts the bulkhead doors open and returns to Fearine Ford to rescue Zamis. When Davidge returns, he sneaks into the mining area, asking around the Drac workforce to where he can find Zamis. They, having heard of him, help him out. Davidge searches the large mining ship for Zamis. He finds Zamis in a poor state of health. Davidge breaks the cage open, but gets caught before they can both escape. Davidge and Scavenge, the scavengers, fight. When it looks like Stubbs is about to kill Davidge, one of the Dracs kills Stubbs with a shotgun, sending Stubbs into a vat of molten ore. Davidge and Zamis have been reunited, and the Drax are freed from their enslavement of the scavengers. Did you notice that whole scene? Like, there was a lead-up to him dying or whatever, where, like, all the Drax are slowly, like, coming yes. out. Very Sleestack-like. Yeah. Like, just moving at the, the pace of, of like, dirt. Sure. <laughs> they, it was very slow, yeah. It was very strange. I I've, I've thought it was more for whether they die or not, these Drax are going to go ahead and overrun they're gonna take over the ship like i don't know if they knew if if uh davidge was gonna be alive when they got in there he should have said something cool before he iced him though though you know I like agree. like grabbed his whip like no more you know like <laughs> like a roots kind of deal it would have been cool if they did something like that but it was still cool enough they saved they saved uh davidge a narration, voiced by Tom Baker, one of the numerous Doctor Whos, ends the movie explaining that Davidge kept his promise to Jerry and recited the Jeriba lineage with Zamis. The narrator also goes on to explain that in time, Willis Davidge was also added to the Jeriba lineage when Zamis brought his child before the Holy Council on Dracon. Roll credits. Now was that was the Tom Baker was that a get because the director? Do, I'm I'm not too sure. It uh, may have been it may have been the director. Yeah. Like I didn't do too much digging into that. I saw something, but I don't really I can't I can't recall it. But yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe like this. I don't know where else they would have. They started shooting, or they shot this in Munich. Yeah, they did all. It was all on the soundstage, or it was all on the soundstage in Germany. So, Josh, would you like to extrapolate on your conspiracy theory? Oh, come on! All right. So, like, I was very curious about the time. I forgot he just—they just straight say he's been gone for three years, but. When I was a kid, it seemed like it was longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt like it was like five or ten or well, something like they, that even though he said he he aged faster than that you still if you miss that line then you're kind of like this kid's like this kid's seven years yeah, old this now kid's old. So, yeah, like, they've been yeah. there forever yeah. yeah yeah so i think that and he's when you're a kid you also don't know how long facial hair takes to grow and he's sure. pretty hairy you sure. know you're thinking like oh he's an old man now with all that hair so the the rate that my facial hair grows is different than another person's that is also different from another's yeah. from another. Yeah. So all you can tell is that there's been a passage of time when you see somebody's hair and facial hair extre- in, extre- right. in extremes. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, though, you know, you're, tra- you're trapped there. You don't know what's going to happen. Start playing a game of dare. You're teaching the alien how to play uh, truth or dare or something like that. Can I fit this in there? <laughs> hey. So- there are men that are enlisted that will never tell anybody else except their significant others 
that they've played, I'm going to hide this here and you can hide it here. Like, it, that, just ha- that just happens. Like, that, those are men. Like soaking? Or they're like just... Like... Yeah. Okay. Like fucking or sucking. <clears throat> some may admit to it. Some may not. But you put men around each other, somebody's going to get horny. <laughs> there, there, there is documented cases of pirates. That, oh yeah, that are, were openly gay with one another. Oh, prison, yeah. Yeah. prison too. That you get men around each mm-hmm. other. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's gonna want to come. <laughs> maybe just, there, maybe there was like historical videos of sleaze stacks um, that he saw He's in the in the other night. They, they, the they'd, they'd, they'd go back to to Jerry's ship, and he'd be like, "Here, look at this one." <laughs> Yeah. He's got a bunch of porn on his on his starship. <laughs> uh so Meg, final reaction? I think the movie held up the way I was hoping it would. In fact, I think seeing it as an adult, I haven't seen it since I was uh, since I was an adult. You know, I, it was something yeah. I watched as a kid. So it was kind of nice seeing it as an adult and and um kind of getting that more mature look at something where you have these like adults um having friendship love and caring yeah. about each other and you know that kind of thing yeah um as a kid you're really just kind of paying attention to like hey when are you gonna have another fight when are they gonna shoot some more people when are they gonna get rescued you know that's yes. yeah the the emotional nuance you don't you don't see or pay attention to when you're especially at least for me when i saw this really 10 Seven, eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. Like never really got that. It was like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah so it was like, fast forward to the alien ant lion part. Cool, cool, cool. The meteor showers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the points that you'd said. And I'm also thinking, like, I get. I guess I thought the movie was a little older. That now that I think of it, I was like 11 years old when this movie came out. By the time it was playing on HBO, I was like 12 years old. Sure. So I this was actually a little bit later in my lifetime that i remember watching it i think i was picturing myself a little bit younger watching it um because 83 to 84 were big hbo years for me you know those were kind of the early year we we got hbo i think in 82 mm-hmm. 83 um so it was kind of a no we got it early we didn't get cable until later uh but we had hbo i think in 82 and it was just a big deal you know to watch every movie and any movie we could get that we could that was on and this was actually a little bit later when I'm kind of surprised I watched this movie now. You know, I was closer to 12 years old. You know, I, sh- I was more into like the girly movies by then. So I'm a little surprised I watched it and watched it as, as often as I did. Yeah, when I when I saw this, it was um, it was on VHS because my parents had taped it. So I was when this movie came out, I was three years old. I wasn't. I wasn't watching it. Um, I didn't start really watching it until eight, nine, ten, like, and, and being on yeah. the VHS. Well into the nineties. Yeah, we had and then, Betamax. Sure, so we were I, a Betamax, Betamax household. Ooh, yes, and uh, very few rental options yep. for Betamax household. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So and then it, anytime it would come on HBO, when I saw it on HBO, I would watch it in its entirety. Yeah. yeah. HBO was the thing, it was, and I, it was so fun back then because you didn't even want to know what was coming on next because if you knew something shitty was coming on next, you might not. You would be like, ah. Oh. So, also, when you have to hit a TV guide, an actual oh, piece yeah. of we, paper that told oh, you. Oh, we had a TV guide. We a didn't book. look at it. 
we got the TV guide in the mail, but we didn't look at it because we at least wanted more time to hope be hopeful that something good was coming on next. Mm. So even mm. when it would say next up next, we would all like cover our ears and close our eyes. <laughs> and then we would wait to see what the movie was as it would start. And a lot of times it was a really, it was something fun. And other I times feel like, we were like you guys oh. were living like, like Charlie and the chocolate factory with the grandparents in beds and shit. Okay. That's how your stories come across sometimes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, old Papa Jim jumped out of bed. And- Shut up. It's Pop. It's Grandpa Joe. But uh, yeah, we we were really nerdy, weird kids. Uh, and, this, and don't forget the neighborhood children were with us too. I mean, we weren't alone doing this. We had neighborhood children with us, and we would all cover our ears and go la 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 so that we wouldn't hear <laughs> what was coming on next because we were we wanted to be so excited with something if something good came on and we would be so pissed out if it was gandhi oh my god like the times <laughs> that it was gandhi and it was like this not just is it gandhi but there's like an intermission in this movie it's a three four what is it four hours long it's long yeah mine was like lawrence of arabia oh, oh. that came yeah. on i was like beautiful, oh here's a beautiful film to look at yeah, exactly my God. but here's yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fucking someone's falling off a camel again yeah it, here there, we go. there were so many times that it was like oh no not this again but other times we we're like oh chariots of fire jesus christ but other other movies would be like oh it's grease too yeah you know like we were so happy shut up we loved it yeah um so do we for me this movie like especially after watching the last one with Dennis Quaid I was very, I was I, I've been on the fence of doubting his abilities especially in any kind of a lead role this was before it? this was better yes you know um but I still think like Gossett Jr. and the story pushed it a lot more than he did. Yes. Know? He's yeah. definitely more enjoyable in this. The The characters is very similar to Inner Space, you know, where he's yeah. like this militant, you know, guy that's also like the gung-ho, like, fuck you. And Inner Space was another one that I considered, of course, that's yeah. a Martin Short. But that's yeah, a Martin yeah, Short yeah, movie. Yes, yeah. that's more of a yeah. Martin That's a Meg Short. Ryan Martin Short film yes. with a little bit of Dennis Quaid peppered in. And yes. It's it's not I, I can't call that a Dennis Quaid film. No, it's great. I, it's a fun movie. I love that movie. But now, yeah, but it, it, it held up well for me. You know, I enjoyed it yeah. more than I thought it would. Um, I think I also went in with a little bit of hate, and sometimes that makes it when the movie's actually not as bad as you think. It's like okay. That was Enemy Mine. Our next movie is Frequency, and that is Josh's pick. It is a two thousand and it is a. 2000 movie uh featuring dennis quaid of course and jim caviezel did i say that right yeah. okay all right. Get, get prepared for shitty accents yeah that's what this movie's gonna yeah. have it it's a it's an accented movie all right yeah and now we come to josh's favorite segment <laughs> give me the juice give me the juice <laughs> Uh, what do you got, Megan? You got anything? You got any juice right now? I don't have any juice. Do you have any juice? What what, what you what you watching? What's what's new? My juice? No, no. In whatever this is, this is our given to juice, which is what's yeah, new I, with you? What what are you watching? I'm not or reading? watching really anything right now because I was wa- I watched reading. Enemy Mine. Um, I should be reading. Okay. Um, I'm studying a lot, you know, for our trivia. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I like our I like to uh keep up on current events. Okay. For trivia. Um I so I have been studying and I like to read a lot about architecture. Okay. That's kind of my thing. All right. And birds. 
I like birds. Still birds. Still, still birds. into birds. Okay. I'm still into the birds. Any any new ones that you uh, since no. last time? Okay. No, I although my Albert's Towies were all over the place while I was swimming in the pool today. Oh. In fact, one of them came quite close to my head. Whoa! Not sure what that means, but I'm keeping my eyes on those guys. Bring a bring a tennis racket. No. I love my Albert's Towies. They're my favorites right now. That just terrified me, though, when it came close to my head. I didn't know what it had in, in mind. Okay. And what you got, Trevor? Anything? Um, I'm watching Solar Opposites, the new season. Oh, I didn't even know that was out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The new season just came out, I, I think, uh, uh, over the weekend, uh, maybe last Friday. Uh, it is another one of Justin Roiland's creations. Uh, I find it pretty funny. It's right. it's about aliens who are stuck on planet Earth. Okay. Uh, it's like their fourth season. Um, hmm. It's on Hulu. I find it I find it very hilarious. It took me a while to get into it. I didn't find it funny at first. Then I gave it another shot, and I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty funny. I'll look into that. It 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 it's the raunchiness of Rick and Morty because it's the same creator, um, but different in its m- meta. I guess it it it's it's not trying to be um what Rick and Morty turned out to be. Did Josh tell me that you don't watch gemstones? No, I am um, I didn't, but I did okay. take Josh's advice okay. and I did watch it and I smashed it. Like okay. I, I couldn't stop watching it. it. It was fucking hilarious. It's hilarious. And I have finished this current season, so I should have said that's what I was watching because I forgot. I forgot. I watched the entire season. I'm already finished with it. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Now, have you watched any of the earlier shows like Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals? Vice Principals, I want to finish. This Gemstones gave me a reason to go finish Vice Principals. Because Uncle Billy Baby Bobby. Yeah, Walter Goggins. uh, I love him. I I enjoy his his comedy style. Um, I'm not a big eastbound, east eastbound and down. Like I, I, I don't like that character. Like I, I'm sure it's funny. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's never played a likable character ever. <laughs> that is true. Uh, uh, one, one. That's you just because the end one. of it. Yes, it was uh, Alien Covenant. Have you not seen Alien Covenant? Yeah, he's like the pilot or whatever. Uh huh. Oh no, I don't think the movie. Huh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that silly little fight. What was that little fighting movie that he did early, early on? Oh, um, Foot to Fist Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that either. That's actually pretty good. Okay. I couldn't. I wasn't into it. Mm. But I would say, no, his his redemption movie for like unlikable to turn likable is uh, Pineapple Express. Yeah. Yes. You know? He was great in that. I mean, he yeah. stood out in that movie. I didn't know who he was back then. Yeah. And um, he really stood out. Yeah, he's he's great. I, I really I really enjoyed Gemstones. So that's that's what's going to make me go back and watch okay. finish Vice Principles. And uh, my juice, I got a Korean show called Bloodhounds. Okay. It's about these uh, these couple guys that are boxers. They were also in the Korean military. Ooh. And um, basically like mafioso guys are like, t- like taking over their neighborhood for like property shit. And it's all COVID related too. So it's kind of like it's, right. it's a strange one, but it's interesting. I, I haven't watched a lot of it yet, but that's what I'm trying to watch. But okay. I, you know, when mine is sleeping two hours a night, that's all I sleep because I'm a psycho. But mm, that, yeah, that sucks. But at least you, at least you're, at least you're watching entertaining stuff. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Until Megan makes me choose watching one of her fucking movies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> or I make you watch a movie. Both you fucking <laughs> cocksuckers. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, we don't have any reviews to read. Still no reviews, so Still bring no it reviews. on. Yeah. yeah, good, bad, ugly, whatever you got. Yeah, you know, it's only publicity for nothing for you, <laughs> the viewer. Yeah. All right, um, Megs, because this was your pick. What do you rate this movie? I'm gonna rate this movie, and now where do we? And I can't remember. Is it a five? five? It's a five, scale of five. Okay. I don't care. You could you could say I'm whatever. Go, I'm gonna go three and a half. Okay. I I think it's a fun watch. I think it is dated, so I'm gonna take off a little bit because sure. it, it didn't hold up as well as it you know some movies do. Uh, it's no Star Wars. Um, no, no. But it, it's it's a fun little movie, and I think that it's worth a watch. I mean, I think it definitely stands up of the the genre especially during that time you know it's still like is a classic that is going to be noted you know when it comes to like um generational not generational but it is it is a cult classic yeah, yeah. like it is, yeah. it has become especially a cult for first for the sci-fi realm you know yes. what i mean yes um what about you i'm giving it a four like four. the, the, the one the, four. yeah the one the one mark is just because it was in the 80s and insults are insults hey outside of that i i really enjoyed it and i give it five i give it four out of five alien ant lions oh mm. oh okay. i like it i like it there you go i'm gonna oh man I'm I'm three and a half ugly baby ugly baby aliens on this one. You know? <laughs> three and a half ugly baby aliens. Yeah, like there's the, just the half one. Like it's actually connected to the other one. It's kind of it's quatoing on it. Uh, yeah, oh. It was it was so close to quato. Like yeah. like it's so close to quato. That's all I could think of. I was like just a little <laughs> weird, like a you know, like chewing back the vomit. <laughs> I just can't look at this thing. All right, thank you for listening. Uh, please go and rate us on iTunes, Spotify. Um, I don't know your now X used to be Twitter account. Um, I don't know. We don't have a X used to be Twitter account, so we'll never see it. Um, I guess if you want, you could uh, go follow us on Instagram at the Amateur Movie Review Hour. Um, I'll still get things wrong, and I'll keep saying it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for following if you do follow us. And if you haven't, go out there and follow us. And if for no other reason, just to tell Trevor where he fucks up. So yeah, just, yeah. You know. He likes it. And I can read those. I'll, I'll read them out loud so that way we can all <laughs> point out and review my mistakes. <laughs> just as the Lord intended. Yeah, as the Lord intended. The Lord Lizard. Was it Shazar God? What is it? What's the? Uh, Shizmar. Shizmar. Yeah. Shizmar. Shizmar. Oh, you're so good at that. God, you're so good. Yeah, it's like you like gargling stuff. Mm. So amaze balls. Uh, this has been the Amateur Movie Review Hour podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Toodaloo.